0: live hello to all my guys gals and non-binary pals of audio podcast land and welcome to another episode of dusk veil vale, a monster of the week actual play podcast i am your lore keeper mikey who is in charge of running this game of shenanigans you can follow me all over the social medias at pop culture geek but i also recommend that you follow all of us collectively at vibe tribe productions where you want to give us a like a follow and a subscribe on the YouTubes to stay up to date on all the actual play podcasts and pop culture podcasts that we got going on. There's something a little bit for everyone said so we're going pretty well for season two. But as always, I am never alone in my endeavors. We're going to go around and introduce everyone who is here for this session, and then we're going to jump straight into a bit of a recap before we get into tonight's episode proper. So, eeny, meeny, Miney mo. hey, Legend of Zelda Boy Dakota, you are the first to go. Hey, I
1: am Dakota Orishu. I am playing Max Calaverse, the
0: Spellslinger for, t- for this game. Short, sweet, simple to the point. Love it. Alrighty, next up is Panda.
2: Heyo, I'm Panda. I play the action scientist, mad scientist of the game.
0: Yes, Panda plays Cam, our action scientists love it. And of course, last but certainly not least, Jace.
3: How's it going? I'm Jace, or JC Vanguard on TikTok. Tonight I'm playing Mason Smith, the expert, who's a bit of a gruff dumbass.
0: Yes, exactly. That was probably the easiest introductions that we have ever done, and I'm proud of us. Unfortunately, we are missing three of our cast members tonight. Our lovely, the other half of our spell slinger, Connor, who plays Danny Calaveras, the spooky, unfortunately, is not available to make it. We are also missing John, who plays the Chosen Jack. And of course, certainly last but not least, we are missing Sutfin. or actually I could call him Chris in this game since he's the only one who plays Luther the wronged. Shout out to all three of you gents. We love you. We miss you. Go show them some love all over the internets and all the other projects that they're on. But let's jump into a bit of a recap. So last time on Dusk vale, our g- group of investigators finally got <laughs> I really want, I got to find somebody who wants to do the voiceover recaps. That'd be hilarious. But anyways, I know someone
2: who might be able to do it if you really want that.
0: I might consider it. Really quickly, our group finally decided to get, not decided, our group finally started to put to motion the investigative portion of what exactly went down to cause Talia's death and the circumstances behind it. So our team just split up into two we had team church which was made up of mason jack and luther where they talked to talia's father the good old mon- like the good old priest father for scenes, who shed some light that talia's behavior was changing a little bit and she wasn't the normal teenage girl that he knows sneaky now to going to all sorts of things out at night and it was an apparent change in behavior but nothing too drastic she also told the, the, our three boys that she would probably would want to get information out of Talia's girlfriend, Ash, to see if she knew anything about it. Meanwhile, we had Team Forest, which was made up of the Calavera brothers and Cam, as they decided to go into the forest to see if they could find any clues given based on the description that Talia gave them of her last moments. Through some nice spell slinging from our spell slinger Max, both the Calavetta brothers entered a doorway into the past. Essentially, while Cam decided to stay behind to be on guard duty to make sure with the drone to make sure nothing too crazy happened while they were in there, and the Calavetta brothers discovered that Talia seems to be seem to be the victim of some sort of unearthly, supernatural monster, as we described it as an ancient Greek monster, which is basically the equivalent of a shadow puppet. And yes, it was not a great time. Our two teams reconvened, exchanged information, and upon this exchanging of information, they were all met with Ash, who told the party that if they want answers, they needed to follow her, as she was going to lead them to where Talia bled her, which turned out to be the hidden headquarters for Alt-Ego, the cult that apparently Talia was involved with before she passed on. After a little bit of discussion, Mason, Max, Danny, Jack, and Luther all decided to head inside to the headquarters to do some investigating while ash and cam decided to be on lookout duty outside as the team has about 15 minutes to figure to do some investigating before the cult gets back so let's pick up where we left off so my hide, so my cult hideout team You guys pushed open the kind of doors so to give a bit of a refresher. So on the outside of the headquarters, this from the outside kind of looks like an unsuspicious kind of like regular large barn door. It's the very stereotypical red painted with the white accents barn doors. But as you open the doors to it. You guys feel that the doors are actually very metallic in nature, which is a little bit odd. And as you open up the sliding doors, you all see that there's more than meets the eye as you take a look into the hideout. And it's very surprisingly large compared to its smaller exterior on the outside. So you all decided to go in and away we go. So the five of you enter in this, well, hideout. The things that kind of stick out to you is that, again, the inside of this hideout is deceptively larger than the exterior kind of gives away of it in terms of size and scope. But more importantly, as you step in, think of this as what happens if you take a typical office building, but modernize it in a sense. So what I mean by that is as you all walk into this hideout, the first thing that you notice is that there seems to be like a lobby area that is adorned with faux plants, a couple of couches and a desk. And the other thing that you notice immediately is that there are two floors to this thing. So you're currently on the first floor. And as you look above, you see like a walkway surrounding the upper half of this interior building and you notice that there are a couple of doors on the first floor and there are a couple of doors on the second floor so my investigative team now unlike dungeons and dragons monster of the week definitely does encourage a variety of methods when it comes to investigation so This is the one time where splitting the party will actually be a benefit and no crazy things. Crazy things can still possibly happen, but (laughs) it's actually encouraged. If need be, you guys split the party. Y'all can do work together to see how much more information you can give. But given that Mason, you and Max are part of this investigative team. I will lead it completely up to you of how you want to go about this. So, my investigative team, what would you like to do?
1: you want the left side or the right side?
3: I'll take the left side. I'll take the right.
0: Alrighty. All right, Mason, you take care of the left, and Alex, you take care... Not Alex.
1: Ooh, wrong game.
0: I know, right? There's so many names in my head. <laughs> so... Mason, you take one side. Max, you take the other. Oh. All right, you two. I would like you both. And this is going to be a fun one. In- I, I want you Yep. I want you to investigate a mystery, please. So let's see how well you do. I hate this fucking
1: game. It's a D six, right?
0: Two D six. Uh
1: huh.
0: Something tells me you didn't do very well.
1: How's a
3: five look?
0: Are you? Wow. Okay, we'll come back t-
3: to you. With my modifier, it is seven, it's nine.
0: Okay. So, Max, with your five, first mark experience on your sheet. Because <laughs> you failed this roll, unfortunately. I'm to fucking
1: level up again tonight, I swear to
0: God. <laughs> no, my gosh, I swear to gosh, if you level up, we're gonna have issues, right? Not really. I'm at two already. Okay. So, Max, as you investigate the right side, you don't necessarily find anything. You're opening some doors, but nothing out of the ordinary. One of them happens to be the restroom. Another just happens to be just a regular office. But as you're searching through your side of the first floor, you don't really find anything. And usually you're a little bit cleaner when it comes to your investigative work, but you're making rookie mistakes like you knock over a plant. You like trip on yourself. You're not really doing too well. Mason, on the other hand, as you investigate the left side, same thing at first, you run into a couple of offices. But then as you get closer towards the back end of the first floor, you open a room and you find yourself in what looks to be an archive room of some sorts. There's just rows and rows of file cabinets lined up on either side of the room and even towards the back end of the room. So, would you like to enter this room?
3: Sure. I'll enter the room and start looking through some file cabinets.
0: Okay, since you're rolling the ver- So go ahead and roll another investigative mystery to see how much you are able to find
3: Six, seven,
0: eight Cool, so on a eight So on a eight you, you get to ask one of the following questions, so let me read you the list So what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? And what is being
3: concealed here? Okay. I know we have a little cheat sheet for that. I can never, ever. Where do we have our cheat sheet? What is being concealed here? And what is it going to do? Okay.
0: So, now, on an eight, you are only able to ask one of those two questions.
3: What is concealed here?
0: Alrighty, so here we go. Mason, as you go looking through this room and you begin to look through the different file cabinets, granted given your particular area of expertise when it comes to the occult and the supernatural a lot of the written language on these papers make a lot of sense to you and of course me throwing my own psychological background in it too you understand that when it comes to the cult there's a lot of Things that you can dissect out of the handwritings. What do they believe in? Their actions, their goals, all that kind of stuff. So that's what with Alt Ego. And just the typical things that you're used to seeing when it comes to cults. Like domination, rule the world, overthrow the patriarchy, yada yada. But as you continue to investigate this room, you actually find a couple of key pieces of information here so as you are looking through the file cabinets and i will just tell you as you're going through these files and you're discerning what is important and what's not what is being concealed here is the fact that you notice a file that is in a manila envelope, which is a little bit different than what the rest of the files are in. Usually the files are in just your regular, like very cheaply made paper file cabinet folders. But this one is in a manila envelope, which means do not open, sealed with tape, that kind of shenanigans, as well as two other files in similar manila envelopes that just have names written on them. And those names happen to be the Child Whisperer and the Dream Eater on top of it. So you find three manila envelopes, two with those names on it, and on the first one you find, it just
3: says Gulls on it. Am I familiar with those names at all, the Dream Eater, and the Whisperer? Am I familiar with those names? Have I heard that kind of thing before? Supernatural.
0: And this is the cool thing about this game. Normally I would have you roll an investigative mystery, but because you have the expert Hello. playbook, I'm going to give this one to you for free. You are familiar with the Child's Whisperer and the Dream Eater, and you know that these two names are the name of two supernatural creatures and that I have, you have come across in your readings and your research. So I will give you the full backstory of the two monsters, but here's what you need to know about both. Oh yes. So the child whisperer was once a guardian spirit that was assigned to protect the innocent and happiness of children. But in your readings, you've come to learn that they were corrupted by some sort of dark force. And now as a twisted version of its former self, it preys upon a child's of fear and paranoia. And instead of protecting them, it caught co- in takes that kind of negative energy and it turns it into physical manifestations of their paranoia and their fear. So think of it as like a boogeyman. And essentially it takes the things that a child fears and turns it into a physical manifestation. And it feeds off the fear of children and in this case, too, young adolescents, like teenagers and things like that as well. So any, basically anyone under the age of 18. So that's
2: the child whisperer. Sounds like La Llorona.
0: A little bit, but I, once we get into that, I will give you my inspiration for it. Now, the Dream Eater, as the second kind of monster, the Dream Eater... The best way to describe its appearance, think of what happens when you take a cosmic monster from the world of Cthulhu Mythos and the Dream Eater, as its name says, is lives in between the world of the waking and of the dream. And essentially for centuries, it is responsible for giving nightmares that have haunted individuals and societies over the centuries. And this particular monster is drawn into this kind of world, feeding on the dreams of individuals, leaving them with horrifying visions and insomnia. And over time, when it gets to eat these dreams and nightmares, it grows stronger. And more importantly, Mason, when it comes to the dream eater, and this is DM taking over a little bit, you have a more intimate knowledge with this particular monster, because this one you have studied a lot more intently than some of the others that you have come across in your, let's say, expertise, so to speak.
3: I mean, it affected me somehow, or I did. There was something involved with it that I researched it further. With that later,
0: yes. So those are the two monster files. And then the last thing that you find, it just is an envelope that says goals on it. And as you open up this file, in short, this is Alt-Ego's kind of like manifesto of what they're trying to accomplish. And essentially in this file, it details Alt-Ego's plan in order to break the barrier of something called the transparent Sea. And within this plan, it is Alt-Ego trying to harness its power for their own nefarious purposes. And again, I will give the more detailed description a little bit later with all this information, but that's the Spark Notes trans- version of it.
3: So it's a Spark Notes <gasps> version. So your, your Spark Notes version is just the break the barrier of the trans...
0: transparency. Uh huh.
3: That's all he's telling me right now. Yep. Okay. So what was the title of that folder?
0: It just says organization goals. <laughs> What is they
3: called? Sorry, I'm trying to write different notes.
0: Hey, it's all good. I love it when players take notes, because it's good for them and it's also good for me in case I lose mine. Alrighty, but that is all you find, Mason. Is there anything else in
3: my hallway? Just that's all I found was this room.
0: I mean in your hallway you checked a cup, you checked the doors, and most of them are like offices. And this is really the on at least on your side of the first floor. This is the archive room was really the only one that. Seemed to hold any importance, but other than that, doesn't seem like anything else that you looked into is of importance.
3: So if I remember correctly, Danny, right? Is
0: so Max, yeah, ah, so Max, yeah, Max is with you.
3: OK, I have to write the I have to write the players. So I'm going to walk out into the hallway and get Max's attention and go, Hey, I think you really need to read these.
1: Uh, yeah. You're going to want
3: to Get do done remember, taking
1: the bucket
3: off my foot. Do you remember a couple years back when I was researching the Dream Eater? Uh-huh. I think it's come back and for us to deal with. And I, I show him the folder of the Dream Eater, Palad Whisperer, and the organizational goal folders. Cool. They're researching this. I need
1: to deal with it more. I don't happen to know anything else about this from like a
0: magical perspective, do I? So again, knowledge knowledge, 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 knowledge. So outside of what Mason tells you about the organization goals and the Dream Eater, not necessarily, but once you hear the name of the child's whisper, Max. You are more intimately aware of this particular supernatural creature. In fact, you and your brother have more of a connection to this monster. All right. So we can get into that once you guys investigate that bridge a little bit more later. Fair enough. So as you two kind of exchange this information and Max gets the bucket off his foot. It seems that you have completed pretty much investigating the first floor, which means, as I mentioned, when you all first walked in here, you all you still got the second floor to go. So would you guys like to go there next? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So as you go towards the back end of the first floor, you do see this kind of nice obsidian staircase lacquered in mar like black obsidian marble and that is accented obsidian. yeah obsidian. it is lacquered obsidian with giving that glossy feel and all that kind of stuff. and the hand railings are very decorative and ornate into this kind of like porcelain white Grecian style of marble. And as you ascend the stairs and head to the second floor, Similar to the layout of the first floor, you just see a left side and a right side with rows of doors. On it, who wants to take the left and right side this time? I say Same you white? take the
1: right. I didn't have my—I didn't have much luck with the right side. We're gonna change it up.
3: Okay, fine, whatever. Alrighty,
0: so Max, this time you're gonna go to the left, and Mason, you're gonna go to the right. Alright, so once again, both of you, please roll me and investigate a mystery.
3: I'm rolling good for this game, but I'm rolling really poorly to level up. That's great. I'm so happy for you.
1: Nine. I got 11.
0: Damn. Okay. So that's definitely, you'll find something. Max,
1: what did we get? Can I roll again? (laughs) You got a four. How bad is it? That would be cool. I got a three.
0: A four (laughs) is too high for me. Okay. So normally, you would have to take the roll that you got. But I'm going to allow this reroll, but you have to take the second result, even if it's worse.
1: It can't be worse. I got two
3: ones. It can't fair. Be worse. One can fall off, and you only
1: have one on Fuck! Three. It's still only a six! Are you- <laughs> I got a four and a one! Okay, so. <laughs> this is fucking cursed. I'm. So to be fair, dice. he wasn't wrong a- when
2: he said that he was going to level up this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh-
1: I'm using a different dice. Fuck this shit. Okay. So
2: make sure, hold up, make sure you dice shame those dice and then you put them in dice jail. <laughs> dude,
1: dude. Jeez. I just rolled two ones and four dice rolls.
0: So here's what I'm going to do, Max. So you will discover something, but I have something in plan for you, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, right. Alrighty. So Mason, we're going to start... It
2: doesn't sound scary whatsoever, Mikey, <laughs> that you have something planned for him.
0: We're going to find out here shortly, but Mason, we're going to start with you. So now, Mason, as you're checking the right side, Max should have stayed with the right side. Anyways, (laughs) Mason, as you check the right side, once again, the first couple of doors you find are either offices. You do find a fancy restroom. Also, unlike Max, though, you don't step in the bucket. So that's always a good thing. And as you continue searching your side of the room, you open one of the doors and inside it's a little different. It's still an office space, but this looks more what's the word I'm looking for. It's very it's more academic than the rest of the offices. This is encased with bookshelves and like nice big mahogany desk with a chair and as you kinda ca- love this room. Yeah, and as you're standing at the precipice of the door frame and you just are initially scanning you pro spru- you and I'm not going to make you roll for this. You get these, you get the hint that. Somebody important is usually sits in this office and you could make the deduction that whoever this is, probably an important figure here at Alt Ego.
3: Let's go investigate their death.
0: Alrighty. OK, so this time. I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to have you investigate a mystery. But instead, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a choice. So you can ask a question, or you can find an important clue. So I'm gonna add something to this. So roll and investigate a mystery for me, please.
3: That is a 12 with my bonus.
0: Gosh, dang, bro.
3: So well, I'll take both. <laughs> okay.
0: So let me mm, let me get to it. All right. So investigate a mystery. So. On a 12, I will let you so you will you said you want both, you're gonna get both. So on a plus twelve, I can't believe you did this, it's ridiculous. So the I plus know where twelve is my fucking luck went. I know. <laughs> so that twelve is going to give you both asking question and getting answers to questions and also getting a clue. So we'll start with the question part here. And then I'm gonna add a question into here to make it more easy. So Uh, With your 12, you get to ask two questions. So once again, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What is it going to do? What is being concealed here? And the additional question that I'm going to add to this mix is, what immediate danger do I notice?
3: Okay, so we're gonna go with the same question I asked last time, is what is being concealed here, and then the number, and then the level 12
0: question. Okay, so, is there any immediate danger?
3: (laughs) And I get a clue, right?
0: Yes. So, let's answer the questions. So, as far as what's being concealed here, as you search the office, normally... As you're checking the typical places, is there anything behind the bookcase? If I pull a certain book, is there like a safe hidden behind a painting somewhere? So you go through literally all those options of what you may or may not normally find in a secret cult hideout. And you don't find a safe behind a painting. The books are just all over the... There's not even a secret bookcase that reveals a secret set of stairs. And as you're thinking about it a bit, Mason, do you think back onto everything that you have studied and you realize that there's one more trick that you have yet to try? And that is the. A, as you notice the desk, you see like a little bit of a, gra- a small miniature version of a grandfather clock, but that's like desk size on it. And you know that you take the hands and you begin to push them up to make them Both hands be on the 12, to basically symbol midnight. And you hear a click coming from the desk, which opens a hidden drawer compartment from underneath. So that is what is being concealed here, is this hidden compartment. As far as the second question goes, you can tell that there is no immediate danger. You don't sense the presence of another person or a monster immediately in the room but you do get the sense that there is something a little unnatural somewhere on the second floor and you're feeling that the super this uneasy feeling of the supernatural is metaphorically speaking it's like you smell it in the air you're like i sense a disturbance in the force <laughs> kind of vibe
3: now my spidey senses are tingling
0: exactly <laughs> now as far as your clue goes You open up this compartment, and inside you find this kind of tattered, maroon-colored, leather-bound notebook. So think of it as like a diary of some sorts. It has that typical slot where you put the pen in. It's maroon in cover, and it has a magnetic latch to it. And as you palm through this notebook, you end up seeing... What looks to be a diary entry of whoever owns this office, right? And of course, as you're reading through it, you get the typical rantings of you make this deduction that this belongs to the leader of Alt Ego. So you read the ramblings of a madman, the typical kind of stuff with a. Cult leader. But as you continue to read, you stumble upon a more recent entry and as you read through it, you're taken aback because in this entry, it mentions Talia and it goes into detail about a lot of things. And essentially, this is a game changer because this diary entry is basically a confession that all ego is the one that is responsible for Talia's death and this is written proof that they're the ones behind it. Now, I am going to read this letter and I will post the whole thing shortly in the player handout for all of you guys to see. But let me read what this diary entrance says. Talia, how it pains me to even write her name. I still see her face everywhere. Hear her voice in the wind. Feel her presence in every room. But I must confess my guilt, for I fear it will consume me if I don't. Talia was a beacon of hope in this organization. Bright, intelligent, relentless. She was everything Alt-Ego stood for. Yet she saw the darkness we were delving into, the dangerous path we've taken in our pursuit of power. She wanted out. I remember our last conversation. Her words still echo in my ears. This is wrong. We're becoming the monsters we sought to understand. We sought to control. I can't be a part of this anymore. She was right, of course. We had lost sight of our initial ideals, our moral compass shattered by the allure of the transparent sea. But I was too blinded by ambition, and by power, to heed her words. That night, in the quiet solitude of my office, she confronted me, threatened to expose her pants. Fear and desperation took hold of me. Fear for what her revelation could do to our organization, to our mission. Desperation to ensure our plans proceeded unhindered. In a heated moment, something sinister within me surfed us. Something I wasn't aware dwelled in my soul. Before I knew what I was doing, I silenced her permanently. I knew that she runs every morning, so I decided to send my friend to go take care of her. And when he returned, the confirmation Of my guilt. Was realized. It haunts me. It was a moment of madness. A moment I will forever regret. I have become the very monster we sought to study. A creature consumed by ambition. Willing to pay any price for power. It took her life. A life full of promise and courage. Extinguished by my own hands. I confess I am Talia's murderer. Every day. I asked myself, how did I become this? How did we become this? But there are no answers, only the heavy burden of guilt and regret and the chilling realization of what we've become. The entry. Now, as you're reading this, the entry ends abruptly as if the writer could no longer bear to put their thoughts into words on the paper. And Mason, as you kind of finish reading this confession. you are overwhelmed with a harsh reminder and given that you as the expert in this case you understand what happens when checked ambition and how dangerous it can be and you also have seen the depths in which people can seek in order to pursue power and forbidden knowledge so as you sit there with this diary entry You are overwhelmed with this harsh reminder and that uneasiness that you felt in terms of feeling supernatural presence begins to intensify a little bit. And you start to feel these small, tight, gripping hands of said anxiousness and fear begin to slowly start to expand in your chest. You are not unfamiliar with the supernatural, but. In the words of some people I know, shit just got real. And this is something that you weren't expecting to find.
3: Firstly, I'm going to throw this book, this journal in my bag as to not lose it and to have the confession so that once we find the person, we can bring them to justice or or to find our own reckoning. I also want to have. Oh, man, this is crazy. Drop the bomb on me. here. I'd want to make sure everyone knows about I want to make sure everyone on the team knows about this kind of that
0: we found. OK, so we'll definitely have that moment. Mason, I assume that once you put this in your bag, you make you make it look like you weren't there and exit the room, right?
3: That or set it on fire. But yeah, we'll do it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, setting on fire would have been actually fun, but
3: OK. So well, the question is there any do we hear any voices now that we're deep enough that we're in the headquarter we're in the guy's little headquarters room, the leader's room. Do we hear anyone in this area or is it just empty? Do we hear some kind of rustling or anything?
0: You know what? Mason, let's take a look. You know what? Let me check. What do I wanna have you roll for this for?
3: See my thought is if there's someone here if there's someone in this we hear something or something. If I start a fire, they're either going to go to the exit point, which we have people outside waiting for, or they're going to run into the rest of the team, of which we can either dispatch them or catch them.
0: Okay. You know what, Mason? Why don't you r- roll me a r- read a bad situation?
3: Want to roll a read a bad situation?
0: <laughs> we'll get to you in a little bit.
3: I'm glad it's still a sharp roll. Yep. We're
0: going to go with 11. Gosh,
3: dang. Fucking damn. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know
0: his sharp is pretty high, given the fact that he is the expert. God damn. All right. So with an 11, you get to hold a three, which means you get to answer, you get to ask three of the following questions. So given to where you're at, what's my best way in? What's my best way out? Wow. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's the most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims?
3: What's my best way when dangers that we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat?
0: Okay. So what's my best way in? Well, granted that you are in here, but you realize that as you're thinking about committing arson in this room, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding.
3: Contemplating arson
0: contemplating arson always. But as you look around and you think back to what you have seen so far, I think the best way in terms of you guys walk through the front door, so that is your best way in. Now, in hindsight, I'm going to flip it a little bit. If you're looking to figure out what is the best way
3: out, is there more further in? Okay, I see what you mean.
0: Let's think about this.
3: Okay, so as far as the best way in.
0: Outside of what you have seen so far, it doesn't seem that there is any other kind of hidden passageway or anywhere deeper. Again, the inside of this barn is deceptively larger than it's outside decorations give. But I, but you know what, instead of, I mean, it is two stories. It's got a bunch of rooms, but other than that, you don't sense that there's anything else you can potentially find the further you go in. There doesn't seem to be anything else hidden. Now, granted, some of these rooms are a little bit different than others, but you don't sense that if you continue to go down this hallway, it doesn't seem that you're going to find anything else like secret passes way or it doesn't really lead you deeper into anything else. So that's best way in. All right. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? So again, at least for you, Mason, you really haven't detected any danger, but you are aware that time is running short. And I put that in air quotes. So you probably realize that you should probably, once you all have conducted your investigation of the second floor, it would probably be in your best interest to GTF up. But immediately you're not in any danger, but you get the feeling that the longer you linger more, Problems are going to start to arise and things are going to get out of hand a little bit. And then, what is the biggest threat? At this particular moment, the biggest threat happens to be the, the returning cult members that are going to be here in a couple of minutes. So immediately, they're the biggest threat. So this is going to be a lore keeper question to Max. Max, remind me, would you and Danny have shared the information of The Eogas, or the shadow puppet monster you two saw in your time stop trip into the forest? I think we did at the table at the coffee shop. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, because if that's the case, then that helps me with this answer. So, Mason, you immediately know that the cult members are probably the biggest threat, but based on the information that you receive from Max and Danny about what they found in the forest, The biggest threat at this moment potentially is the return of that shadow puppet monster. And it is not going to be pleasant if it catches you. So if y'all don't get out of here shortly, not only do you have a cult you're gonna have to fight off, but you potentially have a puppet monster that you're going to need to fight as well.
3: So being the expert in that I have an armory of weapons and what have you, gizmosagets, Do I have access to C4 and a detonator?
0: Let me think.
3: Did you say C4 and a detonator? (laughs) No, Tannerite. I said Tannerite. Yeah, C4. (laughs) Great. Let's see. Because if I have Uh, access to some kind of explosive charge, I have an idea.
0: Let's see. You know what? Here's what we're going to do. So on your person, no, you don't have C4 and uh, explosive, but because in your haven, you do have the workshop, which gives you the ability to repair guns, cars, and also have access to other gadgets and gizmos. We can say that you have the materials if you don't have them on hand, you have the materials to build this as well. But it's going to take some time. But we would have to go back to your haven in order to get that squared away.
3: Well, we found out that this is pretty much the headquarters. I have a plan of destruction. I'd rather do that, at, I guess, only we, if we come back. But I need to find, I need to figure out some kind of distraction we can set off to be able to ixnade the and Bay. I want to run back to Max and see if he has any ideas on how to get the fuck out of here with the distraction.
0: All righty. So you promptly leave. Yep. So you promptly leave this office and you begin to make your way to reconvene with Max. Alrighty. Speaking of which, so simultaneously, as Mason, you went to go to the office. Max, you decided to go in the other direction this time. So you decided to go left. And uh, yeah, you did get to mark experience. So this is going to be fun. Now, as you continue to look through the rooms once again, you are met with offices. You step in another bucket. God fucking damn it. Motherfucking buckets. Now, here's where that six is going to come into play. So as you open another door, it seems that this time luck or the universe taking pity on you has gave you a sign. Because as you open one of these doors, you find yourself in what looks to be. You know, I'm just going to come right out right and say it. Uh So as you open this door, you find yourself into what looks to be the sketchiest and most cultist shit that you have seen so far in this building. As you've come upon a obsidian tiled room with obsidian walls. And smack dab in the center of it is an obsidian stone altar. And on top of said altar, there seems to be some sort of transparent glass box on top of it with some sort of gold metallic object inside of this box, as well as a file on top of the said altar. Now, where your six comes into, so where the failure comes into play is as you step into this room, you, you take you at this point, you've taken the bucket off your foot, but you don't put it out of the way. So you trip over the bucket and as you kind of trip, you enter this room and just as you enter in, you accidentally trip and fall over yourself which in hindsight kind of shakes the altar a little bit and you knock yourself into the altar where the glass box proceeds to tip over and fall on top of you. So I'm going to have you take one harm. Okay. So nothing too crazy.
3: He poked you in the booty.
0: Yep. So as you are rubbing your cranium a little bit, after getting hit with a glass box. You more come to your senses and in this lap, you do find this golden object on your lap, as well as the file onto to this side of you as you seem to have knocked both things over. I got skills. Yes, you do got skills. You also have you're not necessarily be you're not bleeding. But you do take one harm, because you're going to have a big boo-boo on your head for a little bit.
1: That's what you fucking think. As I, I stand up and I dust the shoulders off my duster that I wear, I will fucking rub my head and make the boo go away with magic.
0: Okay. I'm
1: going to cast magic to cure one harm.
0: Alright, do you need to roll for that, or is that just a yeah, given? Yeah, I do. Alright. Roll me, use magic. (laughs) Okay,
1: I can't fail. Wait, seven's not a fail, right?
0: No, any a six or below is a failure. I get
1: one glitch on a seven, so it is a seven.
0: So you, bro, what is happening? You barely pass.
1: I know, right? All All right, so. All right, so you know what'd be fucked up? The glitch you choose
0: is one harm. To be fair, on a seven to nine, your magic works imperfectly and you choose the effect, which is heal one harm. But I get to choose what the glitch is, right? I'm not going to do
2: someone catch me up. Then why are we using magic to heal ourselves? What dumb shit did you do?
0: He tripped on a bucket (laughs) fucking three
2: again. You
1: got
3: your foot stuck
0: in
2: a bucket again. I rolled a fucking
1: three.
3: He got stuck in a bucket and then he got, and then in this room he just walked in, he got a glass box drop on his forehead.
2: Okay, so where's everybody standing as of right now?
0: Everyone's in, we're still inside. <laughs> so
3: we're going to be leaving here very shortly.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. So, Max, I will say, because I'm not that mean yet, but you do heal for one harm, but oh, this is going to be fun. There is a problematic... So the glitch I'm going to pick is that there is a problematic side effect. Okay.
1: What's the problematic side effect? So as...
0: No. So here's the thing. And this works out perfectly anyways. But the problematic side effect is as you use your magic to heal the boo-boo on your head, you do heal yourself. But as you are using magic, you notice that the golden object that is laid in your lap also begins to resonate with your magic. And as you are finishing healing the that the object is still glowing and then it glows a large, bright, blinding light in a sense. And as you regain your vision and kind of your eyes adjust back to the normal light setting in this room, you rub your eyes a little bit with one of your hands. And as you take a look on the front side of your right palm. You notice that the problematic side effect is now you seem to have a mark of some sort on your hand.
1: Dope. I get tattoos.
2: Tattoos that may or may not have magical side effects. Not only you, but people around you. Oh my god! Just want
3: to let you know that there's this thing right here. Some magic will be called cause harm or heal you. Some magic will cause you to be a magic lure for this monster that's been chasing that we're going to be chasing us here soon enough. Yeah. So, this,
0: yeah, the side effect is that now you have this magical tattoo on your hand. And, you know, and I'm not going to make you roll an investigative mystery for this. The symbol on your hand also happens to match this object that is in your hand that has the same symbol. And as you're taking a look at this object, it seems to be written in some sort of ancient pictographical style language. So not necessarily hier- hieroglyphs, but think of it as... You know what, I'll give this to you because, Danny, even though you are an expert when it comes to the arcane arts... Max. you, <laughs> a Max, dang it. It, I have too many names to remember, but Max, as you remember, you are a master of the arcane studies. But yeah. you also had a little bit of regular studies. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just going to give this to you. Oh, you don't want me to roll again? I could up like twice tonight. No. How
2: about we don't do that? You, I think you have leveled up more times this entire campaign so far than any of the rest of us combined.
0: In one know, episode. Like this is to, great.
2: <laughs> in one single episode, you have leveled up more than any of the rest of us have this entire thing. Like, I'm only at Three out of five. Yeah, you're already on your second level up. What the hell?
1: I haven't hit level three yet.
0: It's. I all have a good. feeling that by the end it. of this
2: session, you're going to be level three with how many fails you've gotten.
0: Time will tell. So, anyways, wow. back to wow. what I was saying. So, Danny, you recognize that the symbols on this golden object, which looks to be some sort of scales, and this. Here? God damn it, <laughs> Max! <laughs> I'm sorry. I really do apologize, Max. You
2: know what we need to do? Just have a sticky note on your computer or something somewhere of everyone that's in the game that you're currently do. Yes, you're currently hosting. And if it's our game tonight, it's stuck right here. So you can just look at it. I have (laughs) my
0: notebook. I have my notebook and it's still not helping anyway, so Max. The scales in the golden object is a set of scales that is currently in your lap and the scales depict what seems to be some sort of not necessarily Egyptian hieroglyphics, but they are hieroglyphics of the Mesoamerican kind. More specifically, they look to be a written pictographic language of the ancient Mayans in Central and South America, because, yes, their kingdoms extended into South America a long time ago, Aztecs, Incas, Mayans, all that good stuff. But yeah, and more importantly, that the symbol on your hand happens to be the symbol of the symbol on your hand depicts a male kind of figure. That is surrounded that kind of at the top of his head has rows of candles and also has a little bit of blinder bandana wrapped around their eyes And you know that this is the pictograph that represents the ancient Mayan goddess, Ishtab. Dope. So she, in Mesoamerican folklore, she is the goddess of... To put it lightly, she is the goddess of the underworld, in a sense. She is the one responsible for... In this lore, she's responsible for guiding the spirits of the deceased into the afterlife. Now, for my listening audience, if you choose to actually go research the actual thing, I changed it up a little bit. But we'll say she is a death goddess, so this is going to be fun.
2: Dope. I mean, considering that she is the actual goddess of war, goddess of death wouldn't be too far off the Because war brings death.
0: Yeah, the Mayan gods and goddesses all encompass so many different aspects that there's really, it's not really one set that they are like in other mythologies, but they represent a few things, which is crazy. But anyways, so that's your side effect, and that's the object, but more importantly, you also still have this file on the floor next to you.
1: Deal, let's grab that shit.
0: Okay, cool. So you grab it. Are you going to take it with you, or are you going to look at it first? I'm going to take a look at it. Cool. Sweet. All right. So on top of this file, Max, written on top of this file in like quickly hurried Sharpie marker, that the file name is called the Dying Wish. And as you read through this file, the Sparknotes version here is that the Dying Wish seems to be a very enigmatic kind of individual And that the only thing known about this creature is for some reason, the supernatural being is benevolent in nature, and the dying wish only really appears to individuals on the brink of death, usually granting them one final wish before they pass over to the afterlife. And the other thing that you read in this file is that the dying wish is neither good nor evil it just solely exists to provide a solace and closure to those that are facing the end. Dope. So that is what you find in the folder. And now you also have the scale of Ishtab as well as Ishtab's mark on your hand.
1: Yeah, that seems good. Uh, I'll use channel death magic. We'll make like deals. It'll be
0: great.
2: I would just like to state for the record, I do not like where the fuck this lore is going. Although it interests me, I don't like where it's going.
0: Oh, you haven't seen anything yet. So hold on to your pants, kids. It's gonna be a great time. I'm
2: gonna go. Despite the fact that you're pulling from not only Mesopotamian deities for this shit and putting your own spin on pre-existing mythology, I'm gonna
0: go go for it. All right, so Max, you exit this room with Gale and the file in hand, and we will say, Mason. You and Max reconvene. And, yeah, so the floor is yours to figure out what y'all going to do. (laughs) I got some new ink. I can
1: see
3: that. It's a little shiny.
1: Yeah, it wasn't by choice. Did you do something that you regret? I hit my head a little bit, went to fix that, and the magic gave me this. And I I feel very strange about it. Also got this
3: file. You have a file, I have a confession. Yeah, what you got? A confession that states that the leader was the reason behind Talia's death.
1: Oh, so not your confession.
3: No, I have the confession that we need. Good. And now we just need to find these pricks. But I have a feeling we need to leave here, like, 20 minutes ago. Okay. I'll take my hand. Why?
1: Fucking, I'm gonna grab his shoulder and we're gonna poof.
0: All right. I'm assuming you have to ro- roll use magic yeah, for this. Oh, damn it. Here we go.
1: It's not use magic. I just have to
0: roll weird. Okay. Roll your plus weird to see what happens.
2: I would just like uh, to state the entire time they've been fucking off and getting hurt and doing stupid shit that they're not supposed to be doing in the ugh. whatever. Camera's just tinkering on shit and watching.
1: I rolled a 10. Cameron, as you are tinkering on shit, directly in front of you appears, both of us, just magically Poof. appears.
2: Sorry, I got distracted. So as I'm tinkering on shit, Dad distracted me. It's all Dad's fault. Blame him.
1: We both appear directly in front of you as if we
0: teleported? Yeah, I think teleport is probably the best description for this. So
2: Cameron's just going to be tinkering still. He's not even going to look up. He's like, hey, what'd you guys find out? Without even looking up and skipping a beat.
0: Yeah, Cameron, I, you get, you're more familiar with this, but Ash. So Ash is standing right next to you. She's strumming her guitar. And as Max is, you and Mason just poop, she's taking a bath. She's like, Jesus Christ. She's oh God.
2: Cam's just going to be like, oh, they do this all the time. It's not a big deal. You get used to it. So what you guys find out? What did you guys find out when you were snooping? As he's just tinkering.
1: To be fair, this is new, but we learned a lot.
2: Cameron's gonna immediately look up. What's new? Okay, question about the tattoo thing on his hand. Is that able to easily be seen by Cameron from where he's sitting on the ground?
0: Yes, it's like on the on his palm on the back of his right hand. And See, it's kind of very noticeably.
2: So Cameron's just tinkering with tinkering with something in his lap, sat on the ground, and then he, as he was told that something's new, he looks up. The fuck did you get a tattoo?
1: About five minutes ago.
2: Cameron looks at him. Okay, can you elaborate on that, please? Because, oh, I got it five minutes ago. It doesn't tell me shit. How did you get it? I guess
1: it was more like four and a half minutes ago, if you want to uh, be specific.
2: That, okay, okay. I don't care about time frame. How did you get the tattoo? What did you do that gave you the tattoo? This,
1: this is a far better question than when, if you don't care about the time frame.
2: I literally said, how did you get the tattoo before you told me it's four and a half minutes at this point. How did you get the fucking tattoo, and what is it? What did you, what stupid shit did you do this time? What did you do? Magic. I'm about to throw a fucking wrench at your face if you don't give me any fucking details. What magic, did you do?
3: Uh-huh.
2: Cameron's gonna look at him. You think can, you're funny, don't you?
3: Can we argue away from this entrance of this thing? Oh, you know? for sure, and I'm
1: gonna grab both of them. And we're going back to town.
0: You're gonna poof back to town.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna use. I just got it. I gotta play with it. (laughs) All
0: right. I guess Romy plus weird and Ash is also gonna grab a hold of you. Hold up, you ain't leaving me. She just grabs the back of your shirt. Max. Uh, Cameron's
2: just making sure he's got everything in his bag or on his like coat.
1: Thankfully, weird is working out for us because this goes horribly wrong if I don't roll above a ten.
0: Just so y'all know, it's an 11. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right. So, Max, do you have anywhere in particular you want to poof back to town or just appear in town and leave it up to me where you poof back to? The Danny's shop. Okay. So you want to poof back to the board game shop. Cool. Awesome. All right. You know what? Max, I'm going to let you describe how this feels and in a weird way, like, what does your version of teleportation look like? <laughs> so it's technically
1: flying, but hold up. Let me go. Let me read this fucking thing again before I talk this. Yeah. So it's angel wings and we are moving instantly. So they probably, it's probably more disorienting than to have be looking at one thing and then be looking at a completely different setting without having moved voluntarily that's probably the disorienting part I don't think there's any like crazy negative side effects it's more so they get grabbed and they're watching what's happening and then the next half second everything changes and they're in a different place
2: so we're now in Danny's shop then yep Yep. camera's gonna lean against the near surface and just glare and say, next time you do that, you are giving warning. I did. You didn't get you didn't give any warning. You just said, we're out of here. You did not say how. Next that time you like do that, warning. I am definitely puking on you. Just putting that out there.
1: Again, I mean the solution to this problem is more magic, and I don't think you want that.
2: I would like to be ask before someone just grabs me and moves me from point A to point B and doesn't even give me time to make sure I'm ready. Do you want to go back? Do you (laughs) want to lose your hand?
0: So as as you two are having this conversation slash argument and Mason you're just there the door opens to the shop and walk in so walking in more so running in kind of out of breath and just Trying to catch through their breath, you have. Oh my god, you have Danny, Jack, and Luther. Who y'all forgot to teleport with them? So they literally just ran.
1: I can only pay so many people.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they so, needed
1: the exercise.
0: That is going to be a good thing. So, so Danny and and his little ink monster Apeggio just keel over on the couch. Luther is sitting up against the wall. John is standing over a trash can and is horking it a little bit (laughs) because of the fact that he doesn't necessarily exercise that much. And uh, let's just say that the years are catching up with him. So he hasn't had that much of a strenuous workout in a couple of years. So he's starting to feel it. (laughs) So he's just it's like being hungover without the alcoholic hungover part of it.
2: (laughs) Wait, did Luther ever get his cell phone back from that kid, by the way?
0: It was Jack, but no, Mm. Jack still doesn't have a cell phone at the moment. We'll get to that and we'll get to that eventually. (laughs) This poor kid still has a cell phone. It's hilarious. Alrighty. So, as all of you are back into this board game shop, you also see that kind of I put this in air quotes, also sitting on like one of the chairs is Talia's ghostly visage as She, within the span of a couple of seconds, saw half of the party poof in and the other half just run through the door and she's looking at everyone's going to sound like a silly question, but how'd it go? Did you find out anything more about what happened to me, per se? You
3: want the short answer or the long answer? Uh,
0: The short answer is yes. Uh huh.
3: The long answer is there's a lot of information behind it. Yes.
2: Wait, question because we're all talking to this ghostly visage visage. Can Ash see her or no?
0: You know what? That is a next.
2: Because if we're just talking to nothing, I feel like Ash is just gonna be like, the fuck just are teleporting. you? Guys?
1: Yes, yeah. but still,
2: I don't know if she can see Talia.
1: Yeah. I think So it'd be weird, kind of weird. I think her yeah. weird shit has peaked.
0: Yes, Ash can see Talia's ghost. And it makes sense because remember, Ash is the one that kind of led you to this hideout because she remembered where Talia because Talia took her there. So I'm pretty sure her exposure to the supernatural kind of like nonsense that everything is, while she still isn't deeply involved in it, say the rest of you all are, she's not oblivious to it either. And so okay. she's yes. So that is okay, kinda
2: gonna Camp's just kinda gonna watch Ash because he's unsure if she can see Talia's ghost or not. So while he's just sitting on a count- on the counter, cross-legged, just tinkering with whatever's in his lap, he's going to keep Ash in the corner of his eye to kind of watch her reaction and gauge it, essentially.
0: So I think Ash is taken aback a little bit, but everyone in the room gets a sense that this is probably it is still a little bit of a shock. It seems that Ash is not as, like, scared of seeing a ghost. She's just more of this, damn, I was just like, so this is a thing. <laughs> and it's more so of her kind of processing exactly why her ghost is still here and not laid to rest as, like, the horror movies tend to claim to be or whatever.
2: Yeah. But she's well, she- kind of... Sorry.
0: It's okay. And so as she's kind of, Ash is processing this information, she just sits on the sofa and she's just there. She's quiet. She's just listening as she is internally processing. Be like, we teleported. There's a ghost. Like, these people are crazy. But she's also listening to everyone else. So she's like a non-factor at this point as she's having an existential crisis at the moment.
2: And see, that is where Cam, because he doesn't have the information to talk to Talia right now, because he doesn't fucking know he wasn't there. He's gonna just meander over to the sofa and just make sure that Ash is okay, because he can probably tell she's having the existential crisis.
0: Yeah, so Cam, you walk over, and in a weird way, like, non-verbally, like, it's one of those, you know, things. And it's like, you don't even... It's
2: like I don't have to say anything. It's just we kind of realize what's happening. So he's just going to sit next to her on the couch, just kind of make sure she's okay. have the thing that he's tinkering on still and just casually hand over a granola bar to her, just like holding out a random granola bar.
0: Ash takes the granola bar from you, Cam, and just slowly unwraps it and eats it as this is okay. So while this is going on, we come back to Talia and the rest of the group. Right. As everyone's in the same vicinity. So, Max, you had said that the short answer is yes, but the long answer, we found a lot more information. So Talia begins to say, what exactly did you find and how does it relate to me?
3: We have a confession of your murder and we found out some things might have been more supernatural than you've led to tell us.
0: What do you mean by that second statement?
3: Apparently, you were the perfect person to be in this cult. You were the epitome of what this cult stands for. And you refused to tell us that you knew more about supernatural or anything could have been more supernatural in your death.
0: Oh, how I've waited for this moment. (laughs) Mason, as you finish this statement, Talia... The kind of you see on her face and actually all of you see on her face. This kind of slight bit of confusion mixed with a little bit of panic. It's similar to the feeling. I don't know if anyone else has felt this, but it's a similar feeling like when you're a little kid and because you don't have the vocabulary to communicate effectively. It's like one of those things As a little kid when you're accused of doing something bad but you didn't do it, but you can't communicate it properly. And so you get more and more frustrated and you just lose the ability to try to use words and just nothing but frustration and just sounds come out as the frustration begins to build is essentially what Talia is feeling in this current moment. You all see her kind of literally work in her brain, trying to think back on everything. And she begins to tell, no, that's not true. I, I was running, and then something was chasing me, and then I was trying to hide. And you can visibly see her grow. The more she goes back and forth, you see her begin to... She's already pale because she's a ghost, but you see her immediately go paler and paler the more and more she tries to think back and justify. And then as she reaches the pinnacle of her breakdown, in a sense, you all see, so think of like a mirror, like when you crack a mirror, like it starts with a small crack, but then the more, the bigger the impact, when you crack a mirror, it spreads a little bit and creates smaller, more interesting web. Yeah, it's like a spider web when you crack a mirror. You all see that as she reaches the pinnacle of her freak out, you start to see a small crack at the top of her forehead like a mirror. And then she just stops as she's floating there. And then you start to see the spider web of cracks begin to coalesce across her face and spread to the rest of her body. And in a static place. Go ahead.
2: I was like, "Can's gonna stand up and be like, okay, so I think we need to take a pause real quick on discussing what we found because this is now priority.
0: So as you switch your attention to what is happening, all of you see the cracks finally reach the soles of her feet and all of you are taken aback as you just hear this reverberating scream come out of Talia that shakes the building that you're all in and you all go to cover your ears a little bit as she lets out this horrifying screech, and as she just cracks, you all see these ectoplasmic pieces of her kind of be spread out to the rest of the store. Granted, you don't take any damage because it phases through you, but as all these pieces fly and hit the walls behind you guys, you feel the pieces passing through you, and though you don't take any damage, You do feel the little bit of cold passing through your chest and exiting out the back. And as this happens, you just see that once those pieces go flying out, you turn your attention to where Talia once stood. And still there is the visage of Talia. But as she has her head down a little bit after the screen and she raises her head a little bit, you all notice that in her eyes... You see that the doughy eyes of a misguided girl and a teenager whose life got cut short way too soon is now filled with someone who is more poised and seems more knowledgeable than they let on and looks more mature than their actual age. And so Talia just stands there and she just floats there. And she looks at the group and says, It seems that now that I have what was missing, and turns to you, Mason. You know, I didn't peg you, for I, I knew you were smart, but I have to give it to you and to you, Max, as well. It seems that you two did a lot of info seeking and got a lot of information. All right, then. Yes, Mason, you are correct. I was the perfect candidate for alt-ego, but maybe not in the way that you're thinking.
3: What, some kind of sacrifice for the grand creature?
0: Not necessarily a sacrifice for a grand creature, but more so a sacrifice for three smaller creatures.
3: Oh, great. Oh, yeah, that's just adding up to perfect numbers. Thanks for sharing. So we each
2: take Cam's going gonna to look at her and be like, is there any information you can give us on these things? These creatures that you were supposedly the sacrifice to bring into existence, I'm assuming, or host?
0: I can give some information, but... And she turns to you, Mason, and to you, Max. I think the, those two know the, the information more than I can give. You know what I know, so why don't you share with everyone else what you found?
3: So, apparently there's this thing called the Dream Eater and the Child Whisperer, and what they plan to do with them. And I relay the Dream Eaters back to what I know about the Dream Eater and what I know about Child Whisperer, and the horrors of these two creatures to the party.
2: Cam's gonna look at Mason. So what do those have to do with his tattoo that he won't tell us how he fucking got?
1: I did tell you how I got it.
2: No, you said you used you said you used magic to get it. Yep. That doesn't tell me what it's what the what you did to get it. What how you did mean? you use magic? You're literally giving bare bones basic information. You
3: asked well, how you I like
1: it. magic to begin with.
0: So mason as you finish your explanation talia turns to you max and says and you max i'm pretty sure you found some more interesting stuff as well so why don't you share what you found out with the rest of us
1: yeah i'll go over everything that was in the folder yeah
0: okay so max goes over the information that he found in the folder which talked about the dying wish and all the information that was in there with that so
1: I do have a question what's your connection to this I'll hold up my hand or what is their connection to this
0: oh so you show Talia your mark yeah
2: the new tattoo that he has the fancy tattoo
0: excellent (laughs) alrighty so the moment that you show Talia your mark of IshTob. Max, again, she is already a ghost, but that she goes even paler than a normal ghostly vicious. And she float- She immediately floats over to you and she tries to grab the hand but passes through because transparent, but uh-huh. she's just oh boy. So she's fine. Vi- so she has chosen. Oh. Okay, I'm oh. going to
2: look at her and be like, what do you mean she has chosen? Who is she? I think,
0: I think rather than trying to explain it and she looks at you, Max, are you still currently holding the scales? Yeah. Okay. So, Talia goes, rather than trying to explain it, I think it would be better to hear from her herself. And Talia, who
2: is her? You haven't given us a name. What happened?
0: I will
1: bury this fucking thing under concrete. I swear to God.
0: So the moment that all of you ask Talia what do you mean by her, Talia extends a hand and she touches the scales in your hand, Max, and the board game and coffee shop are enveloped in this warm kind of ambrose, like ambrose gold color light. And as this light begins to fill the room, you start to see the scenery change around all of you. And it goes from this board and coffee shop and you start to see like fragmented pieces like of a puzzle begin to be put together as the scenery begins to change and you all suddenly find yourselves in the interior of what seems to be an ancient Mayan temple. So think of like the ancient pyramids in Mexico and South America that are remnants of the three Aztec, Mayan, and Inca civilizations. But you are in the interior of a temple. So think of adobe kind of structured walls and slightly brown in color. And as you take a look around to your new surroundings, standing in front of you, sitting in a adobe stone thrown a little bit, You see this very she's a very beautiful woman, but she in one hand is holding a sickle that is black in nature. And it looks to be made of some sort of like onyx stone of some kind. And then she is dressed in kind of the typical garb that the ancient Mayans would wear very faux leathery pieces as well as for the women. They would wear very indigenous kind of clothing covering their tops and their bottoms adorned in different variety color of feathers. And you see a mixture of peacock and macaw and other birds of paradise feathers adorning this outfit. But the most striking feature is that you see that her eyes are covered in this brown fabric and on this brown fabric, smaller versions of what looked to be some sort of Mayan pictographs all over it. And as all of you see this woman in the throne, so to speak, she lifts her head and she's looking directly in your guys' direction. But obviously, because she has the piece of fabric in front of her eyes, she's not directly looking at you, but she's looking at your direction and she says, it seems that my message has finally reached out to the world. Cameron's...
2: Sorry. Go ahead. So, Cameron's just... He's basically just looking around, just making note of everything, listening but not listening while he's reaching for he has, his atomic pistol just to keep a hand on it because he doesn't like the fact the scenery changed that quick.
0: Okay. So as all of you are in this new situation, and you see this woman in the throne, and she says, This she stands up and she doesn't move forward, but she stands up, sickle in hand, but she poises herself in a more regal manner and prostrates herself, carrying an air of authority as she stands up. And she says, As it echoes throughout this interior chamber, I am Ishtab. And I believe it's time that I have a long talk with the six champions. Come, we have much to discuss. And with that, we're going to end the session right there tonight. So I decided to end it there because I definitely want our missing cast to be here for this next part because shit's about to go down like this. This is crazy.
2: So wait a
1: minute. hero.
0: Yeah. That's where I'm at. I'm an emissary for a death god now. You're the first one, but we'll discuss it in the next session because it's going to include all of you guys in some shape or form. But yes.
2: Wait a minute. Correct me if I'm wrong (sighs) with the two, with the brothers, with Shiro and Connor, a.k.a. Danny.
0: Yep, Danny and Max.
2: Which one wasn't one of them? One of the brothers was supposed to be chosen to get the power and the other didn't.
0: No. So our Cho. So here's the thing. So the chosen is played. The chosen is Jack, which is played by John. Now, Jack and Max have history about this test where Max failed. But we can go into details about that later. So this is is, I'm playing off certain histories and just to see how things progress with the stories, but it's about to get juicy.
2: I was going to say, I remember somebody. I thought there was something with the two brothers. That was of
0: importance.
1: There's a lot of shit with the two brothers.
0: Which we will discover more as this campaign goes on, because I have information from both of them separately and what we came up with character creation. And I'm going to slowly start inserting that as well as everyone else's information as we continue with this. But I will say that this session... and the next one we're going to do next time we get together, will officially mark the end of this first chapter in this campaign. Because moving forward, shit's about to go down. But giving me, give me them wrap-up questions, gimme. Yes. So you know,
2: first of all, I just want to say this is all your fault that that we're in this realm now. Like, <laughs> like what? This is all your fault. Technically, I'm the to one that led us
0: here. Because no. This is well, yes, goal. yes, you
2: did. But to to be no. fair. To be fair, if somebody didn't use their magic and mess with stuff, then they wouldn't have been brand. I would, I would say branded, but marked, essentially.
3: We never would have known. I got that guy.
0: So we'll talk off camera because I will give you a little insight to this. But before we go into our outro, let us ask our end of session experience questions. So. Question number one: Did we conclude the current mystery? No, no,
2: because no, we did because we now have more questions. We still don't know if Talia died. We still don't know what it is that she what? was supposed to bring into the world what? or be the host of. No, what And that's the whole initial, point.
1: What was the initial mystery?
2: Why
0: the did why was Talia
1: theory?
2: dead?
0: So what killed her is the initial mystery. And we figured that out.
2: <laughs> we did, but we also don't we don't have a concrete answer. We just know what may have killed her was no, one of these no, three. I yes, know. yes, 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 no, I know no what we did her. not. No, we did not. Do you want to know why we didn't figure that out 100% for sure? Because she said that there were three monsters that she was supposed to bring into existence or be the host of.
0: So okay. quickly, what
2: the third one is
0: Really and we quick. don't know that
2: that's what killed her.
0: So, let me. So, lore keeper here, right? So, let me step in with this because I did explicitly state this. So, we literally did find. It. Yes. So, <laughs> here's the thing. So, based on the information that Mason and Max gathered, we know exactly how Talia died. She was killed by this puppet creature. We got that a little I bit.
1: literally of- saw.
0: Yes, and on top of that, Mason found that out in the journal entry, so we do know what killed her. It was this puppet creature sent by the leader of Alt Ego. So by definition, we did conclude the current mystery, but now there are more questions now that you're all in front of a death card. So that is a yes to that question. Second question, did we save someone from certain death or worse? Nope. Nope.
2: Technically, we did because someone had someone used their magic to heal themselves and got their foot stuck in a bucket.
0: But that's not certain death or worse, so I'm gonna say that's a no for that question. Question also, three. The oh, go the ahead.
1: Only, the only argument for that would be like we could have died if we stayed, but not really.
0: That is that very fair. No. So that one's a no. Question three: Did we learn something new and important about the world?
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. I'm an emissary for a death cub
0: you were we so yeah.
2: hung up on that but to be fair i yeah, mean
3: we have we, we, we learned
0: that you learned about those three creatures too we
2: learned about the three creatures we learned about Alt-Eagle's Alt egos actual plans like what their plans are and we learned that ishtar ishtar ishtar, ishtar how are you saying it
0: Ishtab. So Ishtar is different set of different mythological deities. So Ishtab is the way it's pronounced, but it's spelled is it I. A B? A- Here's the thing: it's pronounced Ishtab, but the way that it's spelled is I X T A B. So pronouncing it in the oh. yeah, so it's pronounced Ishtab, but it's spelled I X T A B.
2: Okay, I couldn't tell if it was a B or a V. We know Ishtab is or Ishtab is the the has been trying to send a message. And now someone has finally answered that call, or has finally uh-huh. answered the message. I guess that would be the best right way to put it. And we know we're six champions for something. So have we learned more shit about the world? I'd say uh, yes to that.
1: Just one. to throw it out there, It's a level up, and I am now immortal.
2: <laughs> oh my god, he is! Go- you are going to you are going to put yourself in the stupidest situations oh. now, aren't you? Because you can't die.
3: We, the- we just got an experience. So almost, we
0: got one more question. Because we're at two yeses. So, last question. Did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? Yeah. There's a couple I'm an of instances. for a death god. So
1: there's <laughs> that.
0: But more importantly, too, we also learned through finding the files that some of you have certain connections to these three creatures that were mentioned. So... As far as, as I, also, know, I know, Cam has no connections to them. Okay. So, we answered three... Out of the four questions, is yes because we answered three questions with yes. Everyone, and I'll make sure to tell the others. You each mark two levels of experience.
2: Oh, well, I already know it. I was so wait. We get we actually leveled up then.
0: Well, depends if on you your XP. yeah, it depends on your exp because if you look at your sheet, there's a Damn. certain number there's a certain number of boxes you have to check all the way through in order to get a level up.
2: Yeah, five. I'm at. Uh, four. That's saddening.
0: Yes. So, off camera, well, I'm gonna let you guys. For those of you that level up, you figure out what you want to add and put it in your notebook, so that way I have it and then you have it as well. But now that we are done with our end of session questions, we can now go into outros. So this is gonna conclude another amazing episode of Duskvale, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast. When we come back with the next session. We're going to have a chat with a death goddess. Who are the six champions? What is this message that Ishtab has been trying to communicate with the world? And what is in store with our six individuals? You're going to have to come back and check us out next time in order to find all that out. But from all of us here at Duskvale and all of us here at Vibe Tribe, remember, take care of yourself love one another and as always keep those good times rolling we'll see you for the next episode but until then ta-ta for now this has been a vibe tribe production remember take care of each other love one another and as always keep those good times rolling we'll see you next time